Hello and welcome to the Creative Constitution podcast. Today we've got a very special episode. It's all about being a background extra and what to do when you're on set. Wow, pretty exciting. So for the newcomers that are maybe just starting in acting, just starting getting onto set for the first time, you've got yourself an agent, you've be- gotten this role, you've you've become an extra. Mm. You're going onto an exciting film set for the first time. And you want to know what to do and what not to do in order to hopefully get more extra work and get more work on film sets. Exactly. Uh, we've both had a lot of experience in this department, so mm-hmm. I think there's definitely some great stuff that we could share with you. And we know a lot of people that have done it as well that are older than us and more experienced and we know their stories and, yeah, yeah a lot of tales to tell. That's right. I, I think one of the most daunting things when you're beginning as an actor is what to do when you get to that big set. and. For me, being a background extra was how I got my first in in the extras slash acting world. So it was a very exciting time. And I I think my first role as an extra, was that Elvis? I think you had something before. Or was it just character roles before that? Oh, no, actually. My first extras role was on Lunatics, the Chris Lilly oh, production. Oh, right. And back then I was... was before you even acted at all, Yeah, that was when I was at law school. And And they got you because you were just a student in that class that they wanted to shoot in at the time. Yeah. So pretty much what they they had was they had a little table set out near the arches because Bond Uni has these big arches and they'd set up a little table pretty much with a sign saying, extras wanted, uh, come sign up. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not doing anything at the moment. So I just went over there and chatted to them. And that was my first experience as an extra. It was so cool. I mean, we didn't really do much. You just sort of had to like pretty much walk across, pretend to be a student, but you were a student. So you were just pretty much being yourself. Um, And I think that's probably rule number one when you're a background extra is to not be too extra. Yeah. Just, just be yourself. So that's probably the best thing you can do. Like unless it's a you're an extra and you're a, a demonic creature extra mm. or unless you're an extra on The Walking Dead, for instance, and you're a zombie. Yeah. Like if you're an extra walking in the background on a city street, just be you, please. Mm. Because the second an extra stands out because they're doing something even a tiny bit overemphasized or unnatural, that's a bad extra. Yeah. You know, a good extra is an extra you don't recognize at all really yeah they you don't know they blend notice. in they look they look like background they're not doing yeah. anything to draw attention yep and that's actually great acting in yeah a hundred percent it's just that simple being being just that that thing in the background that doesn't capture too much attention it, yeah it, i think a good extra in combination with the whole set you know it's not sometimes you're not the only extra there are others as well so the when you are unnoticeable as a group and it just sort of blends in with the environment and what the scene is doing. So let's just say Blade Runner, um, you're in the background and you're doing these hella cool movements or whatever, and you're you're just sort of capturing too much of the audience's attention. You're taking them away from the the experience of watching the film. So it's actually better to be small. And that's what I've learned in acting classes too. So when the director goes, well, all of you are running away from Godzilla, well, then just do the job, do what what would feel natural if, like, you saw that monster. Um, But sometimes it can be really small directions, too, like just walk across the room. Like, you and I were on um, 
Joan, what was that called again? Yeah, Darby and Joan. Darby and Joan. and Great series shot here. Well, great series, I say that, but I haven't even been able to watch it yet because I think it's only on English pay TV. Mm. So great Australian actors and cast, great Australian crew shot here on a beautiful, well, one of the episodes anyway, on a beautiful kangaroo farm, not far from where we live, Darby and Joan. And um, the, the problem is, though, we can't see it here. We can't watch it on anything. Not, I, we'll I have to watch try it, and find it yeah. somewhere. But the the biggest thing on that set was it was very simple direction. Like yes. there wasn't anything too crazy. I think you had a few scenes where you were looking for someone in the in the bushes. Yeah, I had a bunch of scenes where I was literally just a camper. Uh, all I was doing was pretending to be um, essentially on a holiday. So I was like, I was folding towels. I was walking across the campsite. Very very simple stuff. Yeah, but. There were times where I was in the background very clearly um, and if I was throwing towels around or being too extra, you probably would get in trouble because you're taking away from yeah. who is actually in focus. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think we can come back to that because that's a that's an important part of it. That's mm. a real, the, the acting work that is required and the mindset that is required to sort of nerf yourself and and be small and be little and and just be average, but that's actually really good. Mm. You don't want to, yeah. So I think we can come back to that. But the, for people who are just are doing this for the first time, yeah, like they've got an extra, right? They're going on to set. What do we do when we are extras and we're going on to set for the first time and it's all sort of new? Who are the people we should you know try to impress? Mm. Who are the people we should say, oh three bags full? Any anything you want, casting director's assistant or mm. you know hi. Always come in with a smile. Like always come in with a positive attitude. Uh, depending on the scale of the production and the size, you could be in a very small extra pool. Mm. Like maybe this production only comes to your city to shoot one scene, but you get yeah. two to three weeks work out of it. But that one scene only has six of you guys. And so you could have an opportunity there to get close with some big name actors and to sort of chat to, a, a, you know, named roles and people who are much further along. So the sort of attitude you should bring to that, mm. what would you say? Like, Well, when I was in acting classes, one of the things that they said was to n- never really try to talk to the main actors because they're probably in that certain headspace that they need in order to do the job that they've got. Don't speak unless spoken to. That's right. And, and for example, like we could have easily spoken to Tom Hanks or Austin Butler if we were just sort of the bad extras that just ran up to them I or something. I caught Austin on his way out from one of the scenes, but, but yeah. a few of us did. And again, I only sort of joined the queue because there were a couple of guys in front of me that were like caught him on the way out getting into his car and say great job I just gave him a fist pump yeah I love you you know but I I think like when you start out I think it's just it's just almost like flying under the radar but then you can impress them well for example usually it's a third AD that that talks to the extras like they'll sort of come up to you and and sort of tell you where to go and you might get to set and they'll be the first one that that you you get spoken to and then it might be costume and then it might be makeup. Yeah. But there are always people that that will help you along with the set and direct you and whatever. Um, that's even before you even literally are on the set itself, like where the cameras are and yes. things like that. So I think the way to impress people as an extra personally, and I've seen this work for others where they get picked out from the crowd and get featured extra roles or even sometimes a speaking role. 
Um, anything can happen on a film set. And the fact you're there and you're, if you're grateful and you, you've got a smile on your face and you, you treat everyone with kindness, yeah. that's going to be much better than you trying to be the loudest person in the room, just yeah. trying to get someone's attention. Like, Don't you know, look I'd, like the loudest person in the room, look like an A-list star that should be up there with lines. Yeah. But don't have the volume of one, like keep silent sort of thing. Have the look, have the professionalism, yeah. like you are the main actor. Yeah. But shut up. Well, I know unless I, I have you're spoken to. I have heard of, of well, I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but I have heard people get in trouble and almost get put on like some blacklist oh, because yeah. they were too obnoxious or they would ruin a take by trying to get the attention. And that's just never a good look. And also they're, let's just say they're late or they are just being stubborn about it all. Or And sometimes, you know, on set, it can get a little bit boring and long and tiring. And after a 12-hour long day, maybe even more, Sometimes you can get a little bit moody, but you don't get a lot of these chances. Yeah. And I think even as a background extra, you need to be grateful for what you've got. Yes. For example, I was a stand-in on uh, a big TV show that hasn't come out yet, so I can't really say what it is. Can you say the name of it? No, I can't. Oh. But that was extremely long days, very long. And there were days when like my feet were hurting so much, and I just sort of had to keep uh, a smiling face. And I think that people notice because yeah. then people gravitate towards you and you can have more conversations and it feels nice. And, and stand-in, being a stand-in extra, a stand-in is is a strange spot to be, right? Because the pay is amazing. Mm. You're getting the opportunity to actually speak to the director. Yeah. You're getting the opportunity in a lot of cases to become acquaintances or even quite friendly, depending on how long that gig is, yeah. with the main actor. Yeah. Like the guy that, that stood in for Austin on Elvis when we were shooting here, he was a cool dude. Mm. And, like, we all loved him. We all sort of knew his name and he would get into it and sing along sometimes and, and then yeah. Austin would come out and they'd chat and have a hug and, and, you know, you could tell there was a bit of camaraderie there. Yeah. So you are getting an amazing opportunity as a stand-in, plus the pay is great. But at the same time, the thing is it's it's sort of good in one sense but bad in another sense because you're not getting lines. Mm. You're not even in the credits. You can't yeah. actually put it as an acting credit. No. And that's a, a, a thing that a lot of people don't know. Even though your agents still take a cut and you're still on set, yeah. you can't add that to your IMDb as a role. Yeah. So if you don't know already, a stand-in is essentially the – you're an actor still. Um, good on you. And – you get placed in position where the main actor that's got the speaking role would be in that scene. So it's pretty much for the camera guys and the lighting guys to know what to do so that when the actors come in, that there isn't much time wasting and things like that. But that also means that when the action is about to happen, you get pulled away from the set and it's... Gone. You're gone. You That's can't even, you, you barely even look. Um, nope. Whereas as a, as a background extra, you get to be part of the scene. You get to see the actors act. You get yeah. to be part of You're the whole it. thing. Yeah. And the directors still look at you and things like that, you know. So yeah. it's not like you're completely shunned as yeah. a background extra. But as a stand-in, you do have a bit of a different experience. Mm. Although I must say, as a stand-in, I got to meet the director, talk to the director, and... Um, 
get big fancy cameras put in my face. Wow. And so hopefully maybe in, in the in the post-production room, they mm. might go, hmm, she's quite pretty. Someone sees that test footage. And yeah, that's the thing as well. A stand-in, even though I think it's for a certain type of person. I know watching the dude that did the Elvis stand-in for Austin, I couldn't have done what he did. Mm. Watching him was agony. I was putting myself in his body watching him for the time he stood there and what he was wearing with the lights and had to stand like this and yeah. I couldn't have done it. I would have been so fidgety. I would have gone mental. No matter if they were paying me $100 an hour, yeah. I still would have not been able to do that. Yeah. I would have been uncomfortable and like, screw this, man. I'm, I need to sit down. I think there's a downside and to being a stand-in too, which is you. That's, you well, that's it. That's But the, there's that's another one downside, too, right? which is if you're the stand-in for like Dwayne The Rock or <laughs> even let's just say Austin, um, you're usually stand-in because you're the same height, you look quite similar, and it's just going to be so much harder to like see them as their own actor, you know, they're they're their own entity. Like it's, yeah. it's just a bit. A you bit say weird. that I haven't experienced that. Okay, all the stand-ins I've seen have been so different than the main actors. Different color hair, different color skin. Some are half a foot shorter or taller. Yeah. So I get that. I get that that happens. In my personal experience, that's not all the time. I think it's a roll of the dice. So right. don't lose hope. Yeah. I, my advice would be to not lose hope if you are a stand-in because that's not always the case. Uh, that's a fair point. But, yeah, you've got a lot of opportunity as well. You've got – so there's, there's pluses and minuses, as you say. Yeah. It's not for everyone. That's right. Uh, well, so as a background actor, let's go back to what the original topic was about. Yeah. Impress everyone. Come on to set. Smile. Do your thing. Don't stand out like a sore thumb. Don't draw too much attention. Yeah. Don't be cringe and be waving your arms everywhere. And go, yeah, that's right. Like a weirdo. <laughs> just do nothing. If you're that, if you think like this is for the for the listeners right now, we're doing some visual things. Yeah. But if you think that's acting, then you're better off to do nothing. Yeah. You well, know, or like, well, very little. Very I wouldn't little, say nothing. Little. I would say very little. Very little. So if you're in a if you're a background extra in a restaurant, there will be moments where you'll have to mime instead yeah. of saying just random stuff. Just imagine that you are actually having a conversation with someone. Mm. You could, for example, this is what I've done in the past: um, is talk to the person that is at your table and go, "Hey, let's have a conversation about Disneyland," and then we'll 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 actually go through the motions and it will look more realistic because you've put yourself with some sort of objective. Okay. And I think that really guides it a little That's bit. Because sometimes I, the, the talking ones are sometimes the most telling when you are watching something that they are miming or not actually having a conversation. Yeah. So I find that sometimes having those little tricks really does help. And that could be a lot of pressure as well because – you're right next to the lead actor at the mm. bar scene or something and you've got to be talking to this guy and yeah. there's so many shots we've seen filmed like that where there's obviously the background extras but they're right next to the leads and yeah. they're talking at a bar and you can tell that conversation's mimed yeah. and you can tell it's not organic and you can tell that, you know, it's like quiet on set and the leads are the only ones mic'd up and they've put the music in in post and you can tell. Yeah. And so it is a very tricky thing. So. Yeah, if you are, if you know that you're an extra and you're in a close shot, just less is more. Be, yeah, just really try your best to not stand out or do anything that draws too much attention. Exactly. It'd be better to just sort of look at each other and do 
gest- small gestures and look off into the distance for 30 seconds and maybe look and swirl your glass around and take a sip than to try and mime a, a full-on conversation that could yeah. just come across as not realistic. That's right. The biggest thing is to follow direction as best as you can. And yes. then I think what I do, this is just a little trick I find works really well and I have been called back to sets, so I must be, it must be okay. It's whatever they say. If, if your 100% is what first comes to mind, just play that at maybe 80 or 70% instead. So just tone it down just a little bit. Then that way you're going to be a great extra. You're going to do exactly what was told to you. But instead of maybe walking too fast or, or pacing a bit weird, because when cameras are on you, you're always going to feel a little bit off. Yeah. So then just toning it down really does help a lot. Yeah. Well, look, we really just wanted this one to be very short and pretty much just give you some really small tips that you could take to your next experience on set. Um, being an extra is really fun. Mm. It can be long and daunting sometimes if it is your first, but hopefully you'll take these tips with you and have a great time on set. Yeah, and get employed and go to another set. That's right. And not annoy anyone or overact and be silly and, yeah, just be chill and be fun and don't talk too much and have a big smile and treat everyone with respect. That's right. And, yeah. You should be fine. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one.